up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inter-Miami, the Miami Herald show where we discuss all things Inter-Miami and soccer, international soccer, you name it. And it's been an interesting offseason already. I'm Andre Fernandez, Deputy Sports Editor, joined once again by our beat writer, Michelle Kaufman. Michelle hasn't really had much time to rest because, you know, this, the season may be over for Inter-Miami, but a lot of offseason happenings, a lot of rumors, a lot of reports of what Inter-Miami and, and uh, Lionel Messi are going to do next. Some big developments on the international front, both abroad and coming soon to Hard Rock Stadium. So we'll cover all of that in the show. But to kick things off, Michelle, how you doing? And what's up with this uh, excursion over to Saudi Arabia that they're planning? So, Well, supposedly planning, that they're denying that they're planning. Yeah, boy, there's never a dull moment with this team. I, yesterday, I thought I was going to be working on a basketball story. But nope, every single day there's some sort of story involving Messi or inter Miami or some combination of those two. Um, yeah. So yesterday morning we woke up to a report from Saudi Arabia, not just a report, but a, a press release, a professional press release and um, promotional posters showing that there's going to be a game between inter Miami and Al Nasser, which is Cristiano Ronaldo's team in Saudi Arabia on the first week of February that there's going to be a game. They're calling it Last Dance, part of a, a little mini tournament over there um, involving some Saudi teams. And they were totally promoting it. I mean, they had it on, they had a press release with quotes from the organizers. There was a reference to a quote from Jorge Mas on the press release. Um, and so they put it out there. It was out on Twitter slash X. Uh, everybody picked up on it. All the media around the world, including me wrote stories saying, oh my goodness, Lionel Messi is going to play against Cristiano Ronaldo the first week of February, the last dance, blah, blah, blah. The story is out for several hours. And then <clears throat> Inter-Miami issues a statement denying it, refuting it, saying that the report is false, that there is no deal, that, you know, that there is no plan at this moment for this game, that that was, you know, an incorrect report that Jorge Mas has never spoken to them on or off the record has never made any of those comments. So um, basically I then had to write another story refuting the original story. Um, and I spoke to a very well-placed source who told me later that uh, basically this is definitely not a done deal that the club has been approached by by promoters in all over the world, including Saudi Arabia, yes. Saudi Arabia, Asia, uh, well, other places in the Middle East, and Europe, and the Americas. I was told Europe, the Americas, Asia, and the Middle East. So they pretty much are fielding offers from all over the world for preseason tour, preseason games, and they are still negotiating with a lot of those entities and trying to decide where to go and when to go. But definitely the there is not, they were not ready to announce any kind of uh, game against Cristiano Ronaldo's team. It may happen, it may not happen, but the club says that they are still in negotiations with with other entities and they are still deciding what they're going to do and uh, that that report was incorrect. 
Well, we know the China trip felt oh, never well never materialized, and now this. It's a shame if it doesn't, because you know, like you said, it's it's a it really is kind of a last chance. And you talked about it in your story how these global megastars are getting up there in in terms of sports age now. So this could be the last chance to really have them square off like this. The Riyadh Season Cup in February is the is the event over there. Um, but last night. What uh, last night, as of this recording, being uh, Tuesday night, Brazil took on Argentina, and we had Lionel Messi in action, and uh, both on and off the field. What a what a fracas! Because you know Argentina ends up winning. You know, only twice in seventy years has Brazil lost on home soil. Both times it's been a Lionel Messi led team for Argentina, and it's the first time they've lost. And now they're. They're no longer one of the nations left, the very few nations left that's never lost a World Cup qualifier. Brazil is. It's only Spain now. But even bigger than that, two things even bigger than that, a big fracas that happened in the stands, big fight between you know the fans there and the police got involved and it got super ugly and even the players got involved. And then Messi apparently comes away with what appears to be some sort of like maybe a groin injury, at least from the pictures and from the reports. So a lot, to, a lot to unpack there, but a lot came out of this. Uh, what should have just been, you know, the rivalry qualifier really exploded into a lot of different ugly scenes there. Yeah, well, the game was delayed by a half hour. The start of the game was delayed a half hour. Uh, it was very, very ugly. It's, it's one of the uglier. I mean, there's been a lot of violence in soccer, obviously, over the decades, over the years. Um, but this was this was very ugly. And unfortunately, it's the second time that it's happened in Rio at Maracana um, uh, recently, because in the Copa Libertadores uh, final also, there was violence in the stands. Uh, this time, before the game, fans from Brazil and Argentina were fighting, and the Brazilian police came in, and if you see, there's a lot of video footage. Now everything is on video. Uh, there's a lot of video footage, and it shows that, to be honest, the Brazilian police look like totally, you know, overreacted we had gigantic poles gigantic batons and they started just hammering uh argentine fans it was very very ugly one fan was left on the ground with blood all over his head they took him away on a stretcher uh there were just it was a very very ugly fight in which the brazilian police got involved and then the argentine team led by mr messi himself if you watch this video it looks like something out of a movie, honestly. Leo Messi and all of his teammates hop over a little retaining wall. They maybe that's where he got injured his groin. I don't know. But no, you know, I don't know. But they they jumped over a little wall and they went over there to approach this this total chaos melee that was going on. That the Argentine team goes over there and tries to sort of calm things down and see what's going on. In the meantime, the, the violence was so close to the field that a lot of the Argentine fans had jumped onto the field to avoid the fight. So all of a sudden you've got a lot of fans on the field mingling with the Argentine national team, including Lionel Messi. I, I was looking for his bodyguard. I didn't actually see him at that moment. Um, but you know, it was it was ugly. It was just craziness. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Argentine team leaves the field and the Brazilian team leaves the field. 
and the game is delayed for half an hour. So it was it was very very ugly before they came back. It was really a shame. Yeah, really, it, it, you'd hate to see that. And and you're right, it does happen way too often in in games like this in international games where the fans get so passionate about it. You know, it even happens in sometimes in in league games across the world. But a re- very ugly scene and very unfortunate. And so we hope that everyone involved is okay and and you know not hurt too seriously. Hopefully. Um, yeah, and but, then as and, far as the injury. Yeah, as far as the injury. Yeah, as far I mean, as the injury, played, though. I think the injury started to occur or some sort of notion that he wasn't feeling 100% in the first half. There were questions, oh, is he going to be able to play the second half, this and that. I heard the announcers say he did play. He played the he came back. He played. He was replaced toward the end of the game. Um, so, uh, yes, another apparent, not maybe serious, but slight injury, you know, groin hamstring that he had before with inter miami these are injuries that you know that are become nagging injuries which is which is a concern i mean now the year is over he has a lot of time to rest and you know as we are talking about before what the team is going to do in the in the postseason in the you know preseason postseason leading into next season uh and where they're going to go and how much they're going to travel one of the things that this club really has to weigh and you have to hope that they're going to be smart about it and not get greedy is that there is a lot of money that's being thrown at inter Miami right now to have these international tours, to have these tours abroad, to have the team go and showcase Lionel Messi all over the world. Like I said, I think there's probably an offer from every continent, you know, I'm not sure about, you know, Antarctica, but maybe even Antarctica, (laughs) who knows? Uh, But anyway, there there are offers. Yeah, yeah. There are offers all over the world, big offers, gazillion dollar offers. Who knows how much money is being talked about at the table? On the other hand, you have Lionel Messi, 36 years old, going to turn 37 this coming year. uh, And Busquets and Alba and some other guys. They can't be just gallivanting around the world and then show up two weeks later to play to start the season. It's going to be a very, very long, grueling season this year. Uh, They didn't even play the full season last year. They started in July, these guys. We're talking about a full MLS season, plus CONCACAF Champions League, plus Leagues Cup, plus U.S. Open Cup, World Cup qualifiers, and Copa America, which we're going to talk about later, but Copa America from uh, from July 20th, June 20th to July 15th in the United States, a huge tournament for all the South American teams and six CONCACAF teams. So we're talking about a calendar that is just packed beyond, I don't know, you know, beyond anything we've ever seen before and, and probably not a good idea. Something is going to have to change. Some, something is going to have to go. Something's going to have to give because there's no way that these players are going to be able to play 50, 60 games a season, which is what they're being asked to do at this point. So anyway, with all that in mind and with Lionel Messi, perhaps having a groin injury now, we don't know if it's serious or not, but some kind of uh, discomfort in that area of his leg after dealing with the hamstring injury before, uh, you know, they've got to be very careful. There is so much money and so much excitement riding on Lionel Messi and this team 
going into 2024 and he's going to have to be healthy. Yeah, there's uh, he's the centerpiece, of course. And uh, all I can think of right now is we don't expect him to be playing in the ice, rolling in the snow in Antarctica, but it could be anywhere. But he is the centerpiece. So really, it's a serious concern because groin injuries, you don't heal up overnight. I mean, they're maybe not long, long term, but, you know, that that again ties into these guys need an off season too, some kind of off season. They can't, it, it's going from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And especially where he's getting, we were saying before, he's getting a little bit up there in terms of like an athlete's age of, you know, 36. Now, how, do, how does he manage all that? And how does this materialize with him on the shelf, at least, you know, for the next, I don't know, a few weeks, potentially, if this is a serious groin injury, it's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, sporting director of Inter Miami, Chris Henderson, I know talked uh, the other day, discussed a lot of roster plans, Michelle, for 2024. You know, he, he talked a little bit about Luis. Uh, he didn't say a comment because Luis Suarez still is tied to Gremio, but he mentioned him. And then interesting nugget uh, on the Leandro Gonzalez Pires uh, possibility coming back there. Michelle, what's the latest on potential roster moves beyond? You know, talking aside from Messi, what can Inter Miami do to improve the team? Yeah, we spoke to Chris. Uh, Chris had his uh, season-ending postseason and you know preseason talk with the media the other day, and he he touched on a lot of topics. Um, One of them, obviously, you know, Luis Suarez. Everybody wants to know: Is he coming? Is he coming? He wouldn't talk specifically. I mean, he wouldn't say if he's coming or not. He said he's still with Gremio. He's obviously a player that has been, I mean, Chris mentioned, this is a player who has been linked to our club for a long time and that they're very happy that players of that caliber are linked to this club, that that is a wonderful thing that this, this caliber of player wants to come here. Um, you know, the deal with him is he is still scoring a lot of goals. Chris Henderson did say that the top priority going into this next season is they have to produce more goals. They need to produce more goals. And Luis Suarez is a known goal scorer still. He he scored a lot of goals for Gremio. In fact, he had a hat trick recently in recent weeks, which has the Gremio people and fans all saying, please stay, please stay, please stay. They may raise the ante and offer you know more for him to stay, and he'll have to make a decision. Um, he has said apparently you know, that he wants to come here. The thought is that he's going to get out of this contract with Gremio in December and join Inter Miami. So that is still on the table. They are in talks with him. Um, the other thing that they really could use is uh, they need a little bit of depth and more uh, center back at the center back position. They need some speed back there. They need some experience in MLS back there, which is where LGP, Leandro Gonzalez Pires, comes in. He was a very key player for this team. And he's been on loan with River Plate um, for the last uh, season and two seasons. And um, there's talk about him coming back. It would make perfect sense for many reasons. One being he played for Tata Martino, the Inter-Miami coach. He played for Tata Martino and won the MLS Cup with Tata Martino with Atlanta. He was a very big-time player and beloved player in Atlanta United. When Tata was the coach there, they won MLS Cup together in 2018. And he ended up coming here after Tata left for Mexico. He ended up coming to Inter Miami and, uh, you know, was a key player. He's a good player. He's a savvy player, Um, you know, a very 
emotional player, a bit of a hothead sometimes, but but a really good player, a physical player, a player who knows this league. He happens to also be from Argentina. I'm sure he would love to play with Lionel Messi and the other Argentine players who are on this team. So he would fit in culturally. Uh, he fits in with the language. He speaks Spanish. He's from Argentina. He played for Tata with, with uh, Atlanta United. He's played for this team. He's played in the league for many years. And I believe he still even has a home in South Florida, somewhere in Broward County. So he loves it here. He's been to visit the, the facility in the last six months since Tata took over. He has come to the facility to visit. Um, so it would make sense that they would bring him back uh, from his loan. River Plate has the option to buy him, to purchase his contract. Um, so it remains to be seen if they've put in an offer. But I know that Inter-Miami Chris said that they are in discussions with LGP about whether he will be bought by River Plate or whether he will come back to Inter-Miami. A um, couple other nuggets from Chris Henderson was that he wouldn't talk about names, but he said that one area he thinks the team needs is some MLS experienced players in their 20s because the team right now has a lot of youth. They've signed these very, very young players from the academy, uh, Kramaski and, and, you know, um, David Ruiz and, you know, these young guys. And then the under 22 initiative players that they signed in July. And then they have older players in their 30s. He said that they need balance of age. They need age distribution to be better balanced on this team going forward, particularly because of the jam-packed schedule. They need some younger, fresher legs, but not necessarily any more teenagers. I think they've got enough teenagers on the team and young players under 22. They have enough players over 32. They need some players in their mid-20s who have experience in the league and Chris Henderson did indicate that they are targeting some MLS players in that age bracket to balance out the age distribution of this team going forward. Yeah, and that, that is a good point because you love the youth movement that they have and guys that we've talked about uh, on this program in the last few you know months or so that have stepped up and become key figures. But you want to balance it with a little bit of experience too. So that's the key there. And we'll see if they can do that over the next few weeks, but uh, Michelle, January 10th, I mean, we're already, you know, about to hit Thanksgiving this week. And before you know it, it'll be that part of the season again. So, I mean, if they do make some of these moves, I mean, where, how do you kind of see, you know, Messi, the, the concern is now the short term, but you know, by February, cross your fingers, everybody thinks he'll, it should be okay, hopefully. But I mean, these moves now, I mean, if they can make them, is it enough to maybe get that where you see the immediate contributions? I mean, I mean, where, where do you kind of see those guys fitting in immediately, you know, going forward if they if they come in with this new look? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, this team, the pressure is on now. <laughs> I mean, the pressure was on after League's Cup when people saw what this team could be. And that's the other thing that Chris Henderson said. He said, we showed this team showed what it can be when it's on all cylinders. That was the phrase he used when right. it's on all cylinders and everybody's healthy and everybody's on the field. We saw what they could do. They went on a 12 game unbeaten streak. They won the Leafs cup. They beat many of the top teams 
handily in this league. Some of the top teams that are still in the playoffs, uh, they beat these teams. They beat Nashville. They beat Philadelphia. They beat Cincinnati. Um, they beat a lot of teams over this summer that are key teams in this league that are, that are you know, playoff-level teams, very good teams, and they beat those teams. So they have shown, this group has shown when it is healthy and when everybody is is rested and and you know strong and going on all cylinders that they are capable of being one of the top teams in the league and they should be with the amount of money and the amount of talent that this team has on its roster old and young uh you know when you have three players from fc barcelona on this team there's no other team in mls that has that and now you're talking about maybe adding luis suarez one of the top goal scorers in the world and, uh, you know, potentially other good players from MLS that they will bring in. Uh, by the way, there's no more sanctions. The sanctions that they were having to work under are gone. This will be the first year that Chris Henderson and the leadership of the club has a full deck of cards to play with right now. So they've got a full deck of cards. They've got all these guys coming back. They're talking about adding some players. This team should, should be one of the, you know, one of the MLS Cup contenders, when you talk about preseason expectations and preseason predictions, Miami Inter Miami should be right up there, even though they did not make the playoffs going into next season. If everybody's healthy, I know it's a big if, but if it is and everyone's healthy, this team should be one of the top teams in the league. If they are not, it's a major failure. If they don't come out of the gates, knocking teams out, left, right, and center to start this season, people are going to be very, very upset because the ticket prices are double. The ticket prices are double what they were last season. So these Inter-Miami fans that are shelling out double what they played last year, they are going to be expecting not only a winning team, but an MLS Cup contender. And the pressure is going to be on from day one. From January 10th, the day this team opens training camp, the expectation is going to be extremely high, and these players are going to have to deliver no more excuses. There cannot be any excuses for this club anymore, starting at the beginning of the 2024 season. This is it. Again, they're still the they're 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 the embodiment of the started from the bottom and now we're here song because they 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 really have it's amazing like from one year to the next where this time last year this team is on the basically just you know trying to pick itself itself up off the ground and they have the terrible start and now look at them now we're expecting them to be the golden state warriors of, uh, at the height of that something something like that you know like like any and and like you said that expectation of any less is unacceptable it's just amazing to see how fast that that standard just went through the roof and beyond. And um, yeah, and they're going to have to manage. Yeah. You know, the big thing is that the schedule management. That is where Tata and his staff and the you know the the trainers and the medical staff and Tata and the assistant coaches, they are going to have to balance. Uh, you know, the fans may be disappointed, but they're not going to they're not going to be able to play Lionel Messi every single game. There's right. just no way that anybody at any age, but especially him at the point he's out of his career, he is not going to be able to play every single MLS game, League's Cup game. CONCACAF Champions League is a big priority for them right now because 
by winning League's Cup, they they qualified for that tournament. And that is a very prestigious uh, international tournament that could lead them to the World Club Championship, where they could play teams from Europe and all over the world. So this is, you know, a very big tournament that they want to do well in, Champions League. So that's new now. In addition to League's Cup, which was a brand new inaugural tournament that, you know, who knows, are they going to play it every year? Or are they maybe going to make it every other year? I mean, the, the calendar is so crowded right now yeah. that if they have to play, if they have to play 34 league games regular season, plus Champions League, plus League's Cup, plus U.S. Open Cup, plus Copa America, which we haven't talked about yet. And, you know, the players who are from South America and the, and the, and, you know, the North American, Central American teams that are, that make that tournament, um, you know, and then world cup qualifiers, it's, it's just going to be impossible. Yeah. So the, the load management is going to be a huge, huge issue leading into this season about where they're going to be come next fall. How, how, how many people are going to be left standing on this team? Yeah. And, and, and Messi himself, I know some people might not want to hear this, but Look how frequently he's getting hurt, you know. I mean, the wear and tear over a, over a grind of a of a season without a real off season to really rest some of these injuries. In in theory, he's gonna have to go on the Jimmy Butler maintenance plan, where he, or, you know, skip a few games here and there, and you know, hope for the best. And hopefully, he's in a uh, top form and fit for for all these, at least for the big games where they really need him. Um, and learn how to win without him, which obviously we know that was a problem. But let's see if the supporting cast does a little better job. But Let's switch gears. Let's talk some Copa America. Uh, big news. Hard Rock Stadium will be the site of the final. That's July 14th. I mean, that is big time. As Michelle mentioned, 10 South American national teams, six from the CONCACAF region. The big draw to see where it all lands is on December 7th at the James L. Knight Center. Not only on the field, Michelle, to have all these countries coming here to Miami to play, or, or a couple of these countries coming to Miami to play in the event of this magnitude, but this is an audition for the World Cup coming a few years later to see where Hard Rock Stadium lands in the grand scheme of things and what games, uh, what matches they will host when the time comes. I mean, this is a this is big for on and off the field for Miami. Yeah, it's uh, it's huge. And and the final will not. I mean, I don't think the final will be the only game. They, they haven't announced all the other games. They yeah. only announced so far the opener is going to be in Atlanta which is well-deserved. That stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and Arthur Blank, the owner of, of uh, Atlanta United, uh, you know, that that club has really shown that it can pack 70,000 and they are deserving of, of having a, a major marquee match. So the tournament will open on June 20th in Atlanta, and the tournament will finish with the championship at Hard Rock Stadium, which is just an unbelievable coup for Miami to get the final game. It makes perfect sense. Again, this is a, this is a, Copa America is the South American championship this year. They're going to have the, the other guest teams joining, but this is the South American championship and where else to have it, but Miami, which is basically, uh, you know, the northernmost place in South America, you know, by all, for all intents and purposes, it's very easy to get here. All of the countries in South America have airlines that go direct flights to, you know, to, to Miami, Everybody speaks Spanish here. The fan base is going to be just absolutely, it's going to be, it will be like the World Cup. I hope that people here in Miami understand what is about to take place. And, and I believe there will be other games at Hard Rock Stadium, not just the final. I believe there will be other games at, at, at Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, but the final, hosting the final 
is is huge. I mean, you're talking about the equivalent of a World Cup final almost. I mean, um, not exactly, but for the South American teams, you're talking about it could be another Brazil-Argentina matchup. You could have Uruguay. I mean, some of the best teams in the world are in South America. The United States will be in this tournament. Uh, it'll be a huge, huge test for the United States national team. Um, it's going to be the United States, uh, Jamaica qualified. Jamaica knocked out Canada uh, yesterday, which was a huge deal. So Jamaica makes the final four of the Nations League in order to get into this tournament of Copa America and, uh, and Panama and Mexico. So you're going to have those four teams plus two more that will qualify. Canada may still uh, maybe be able to qualify. No, I don't think they can. I'm not sure the qualification process for the other two. But anyway, in any case, um, Copa America is the equivalent of the European Championships for South America. It's a massive tournament. And yes, it is a test run for the World Cup. A lot of the other venues that are yet to be named for Copa America are expected to be World Cup venues because this is a perfect opportunity to test these venues for the World Cup, which is coming two years later in 2026 to the United States, Mexico, and Canada are the tri-hosts of the next World Cup. So the 2024 Copa America in the United States with the final game at Hard Rock Stadium, this town is going to be rocking and rolling and dancing and singing with a South American championship match at Hard Rock Stadium. It's a huge get for this community. It proves once again, I put in my story, it is the latest indication of just what a big player Miami is in the international soccer stage because we're going to have here the final of the Copa America. Lionel Messi plays for Inter Miami along with his former Barcelona teammates. But Lionel Messi comes to Miami. Copa America comes to Miami. FIFA just opened a big office in Coral Gables. One of their headquarter offices is in Coral Gables now where, where there will be and expected 300 FIFA employees working there by the time of the World Cup. And this is not just a World Cup preparation office. This is a permanent FIFA office that's going to be in Coral Gables. And CONCACAF is based in downtown Miami. CONCACAF office is in downtown Miami. In addition to that, Soccer X, which is a global soccer uh, conference convention that just happened last week, was in Wynwood for the fourth time in South Florida uh, in recent years. So, you know, this is just a massive market for international soccer right now. And uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful for this community. It really is. I mean, we know that, I mean, we've had lesser matches, you know, pack this place, you know, Hard Rock Stadium and have, I mean, for a long time, Fort Lauderdale too, and Lockhart and before and, and now Drive Pink. But I mean, and ever you put a good matchup between a good international matchup, fans will show up to support those countries. So imagine. Oh, that will sell right. out. This will the, sell out. This, yeah, this will yeah, sell this out like, immediately. This, the Copa America final. Yeah. This will be. This will sell out immediately. This is this is kind of like uh, the closest you can get to not being the World Cup. This is probably the next right behind that. Is probably this this event, this championship, because all most of the best teams you know are from as we know, like you know Brazil's, Argentina's, you name it. So imagine, well, imagine if we get 
Brazil and Argentina. I mean, that would be insane. I mean, it, the, the the passion, the rivalry of those two. Uh, that, and the security. And the security oh, to God, go full yeah. circle here. We, we may need the I National Guard the here. Security, I hope that the, uh, you know, this is, again, going to be a real test. Um, you know, the Latin American crowds, we love them. They're super passionate, but they can get a little bit out of hand, especially with what's been yeah. going on in Brazil right now. And it's a shame because the Brazilian fans, for the most part, are just some of the most fun-loving fans, absolutely love the Brazilian people. And Maracanã is such a, you know, an iconic uh, stadium around the world. It's such an incredible venue to go play there. You know, I was there for the World Cup. I was there for uh, the Olympic final um, in Rio. And it's an amazing place. It really is. And it's a shame that this kind of violence uh, from, a you know, some small group of fans could could really mess up the reputation of Brazil, Brazilian fans, and that stadium. So I hope that they can clean that up. But with Copa America final being held at Hard Rock Stadium, they're going to really have to beef up security and make sure that that they can keep everybody safe because uh, there will be a lot of passion. And there will be 70,000 people, 70,000 very, very, very passionate fans for a Copa America final. So it's very exciting. It's a very exciting summer, June 20th to July 15th, 14th. Uh, you know, mark your calendar and, and be ready for some fun in Miami, let me tell you. Yeah, it's an exciting time for soccer fans in Miami because, you know, you have this and then obviously it's still way off on the horizon, but <clears throat> that tease already, the hype will begin soon, the pickup intensity of the world cup coming in 2026 in some capacity. Let's see. I, let's hope this is, this turns out just as uh, advertised and as hyped and maybe the world cup will, you know, FIFA will look at this and, and, and maybe grant Miami, not just, you know, maybe a couple of games, a, a few games and also high caliber games within the tournament, not just maybe a couple opening rounds and that's, you know, the pool play and that's it. That'd be fun to, to, to see, but uh, well, Michelle and I, Michelle and I will continue to, uh, come to you from uh, time to time, maybe not weekly basis right now where I'm taking little breaks in between, but any major events happening with Inter-Miami or any international soccer events that relate to Inter-Miami, she'll have it for you at MiamiHerald.com. Check out all her great work there, and also we'll have it to you on this show. But for Michelle Kaufman, for now, I'm on. Uh, Michelle and I will be taking maybe another little bit of a break. Let's see how these plans go for the international tour if anything gets announced in uh, the next few weeks. Until then. I'm Andre Fernandez, Deputy Sports Editor. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Remember, happy Thanksgiving. Us. One of the happy things, yeah, one of the things I want to say, I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving yeah. is for everybody who has tuned in to this podcast yes. from the start to now. Thank you so much for tuning in and and continue to tune in. We are we're gonna have so much to talk about, and, and you know, it's there's there's gonna be a lot of stuff coming up, as Andre said. So. Thank you and uh, happy Thanksgiving for those of you in the United States who celebrate Thanksgiving and those of you around the world, we are celebrating Thanksgiving and we give thanks to all of you from all the corners of the globe for tuning in. Remember, if you're listening, Spotify, iTunes, all the podcasters have us. And if you're watching either MiamiHerald.com or on YouTube, you can catch us there. But again, for Michelle Kaufman, I'm Andre Fernandez. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And we'll see you next time on Inside Into Miami.